you know, it, it, it took a while. People say give it about two to three weeks and it'll become habit. Well, habits can piss you off too. <laughs> this one's radio episode 1168 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you once again by my friends over at Amino Co. If you're looking for amino acid supplementation, look no farther than Amino Co. But don't just take my word for it. For it. Let's let's take a look at the science, and their science really is uh, unmatched. It's it's as good as it gets. 30-plus years of clinical research, five over 500 times published in peer-reviewed publications, and over 70,000 times cited by researchers in various nutrition-related fields. Um, you know we're pro-science around here. You know, we're not, not just, comp- I mean, you know, we kind of fly by the seat of our pants sometimes, but not when it comes to things that are scientifically provable, scientific claims, uh, valid scientific principles, and that's what AminoCo is founded on. So if you're looking to step up your nutrition game a little bit, step up your supplementation, take a look at AminoCo. You won't regret it. And best, maybe not best of all, but I think, I think a, a, a viable or a, not viable. What am I trying to say here? Uh, a, an important piece of the puzzle to help set your mind at ease. Like, you know, like, okay, science, science says it's good, but sometimes studies, you know, eh, let's not get into it. But, you know, I know what you might be thinking. Well, AminoCo offers a 60-day money-back guarantee. So you get, you get the supplementation, you use it for 60 days, you don't notice a difference? Hey, bada boom, bada bam. Hey, I don't think this stuff really works for me. Can I get my money back? Yeah, sure, no problem. But I'm here to tell you, you're not gonna you're not gonna ask for your money back because this stuff is legitimate and it works well. Uh, and if you want to get the AminoCo supplements and support the show simultaneously, uh, AminoCo.com/slash/dizruns is the link. Make sure you get that slash dizruns in there so that they know that their sponsorship money is being put to good use. And then when you get to check out whatever whatever blends you get, whether it's the Perform blend that you want to take as a kind of a pre workout maybe, or just kind of a midday pick me up, which I could use right now. Not gonna lie. Or the heel blend is something to, to kind of use after a long run or after a race or a workout to kind of kickstart the repair process. Whatever works for you works for me, but make sure that you use the code DizRuns at checkout. That'll save you save you 30% on your order. And 30%, near as I can tell, is not nothing. So once again, AminoCo.com slash DizRuns is the link. DizRuns at checkout saves you 30%. Thanks to AminoCo for, for supporting the show. Thanks to you for supporting AminoCo. And now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, today, we are catching up with someone that uh, was on the show for the first time a couple of years ago. I believe it was episode 962. In fact, I know for a fact it was episode 962, um, which was legitimately almost two years ago to the date. I think we're maybe a week a week short of two years or something like that as this episode gets released. But, you know, when I say a couple of years, we're not being generic here. We're, we are legitimately, uh, you know, catching up for the first time or for the first time here uh, since 2021. And uh, in that in the couple of years, like has happened for a lot of us, you know, some things have changed. Some things are still relatively the same, I'm sure. But uh, on the running front, at least, he's still going strong, still still running marathons for fun. Um, which is which is my kind of guy right there. Uh, so I'm looking forward to to you know welcoming him, welcoming him back, catching up, sharing some stories, and seeing where we end up over today's conversation. So without any further ado, it's a pleasure to reintroduce my friend Pete Kozer to the show. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Pete. Welcome back, and uh, glad glad to be catching up finally. Yes, Jay. Good morning. How how's it going your way? Things things are good, you know. I'm 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 upright. I'm breathing. Got a run in this morning, so we we can't complain about that. And you know, we can always find something to complain about. Like we were kind of complaining about the weather before we got started because it's it's the summertime <laughs> and it's hot. And you know, I I would rather be hot than cold. But you know, the weather is the weather. It's never perfect. And if it was, you'd live in San Diego. So uh, anyway, y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you want to connect with Pete if you haven't done so already on the social medias on Instagram. His handle there is at DJ Wicket. The letter D, the letter J, W I C K E T. 
when we talked last time, he had a, a blog or website that kind of was, was updated here and there, still kind of updated here and there, but he's kind of really moved it more to Facebook. So if you want to check out his, his kind of musings on Facebook and on running and all kinds of things there as well, uh, just search for Running is Ceremony. It's a Facebook page. Of course, we'll have that linked up in the show notes as well. If you want to, I don't know how much we're going to get into his history, which we got into a fair bit more the first time through, as we often do. Uh, but if you want to go back and check out the the original conversation between Pete and myself, it's, like I said earlier, episode 962, disruns.com slash 962 on the website, or just kind of scroll back in your podcast feed if, you, if it goes back that far, which most of them go back a couple hundred episodes. You can probably find it. Uh, today, we're looking at disruns.com slash 1168 to get to the show notes, disruns.com slash 1168. Most of the links are the same from before, but obviously the conversation will be different. So we'll have the, the outline from the conversation, anything that uh, we talk about today to, to link up in terms of races or whatever else, because Lord knows we're going to talk about some races and, 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 and also who knows what else. So anyway, all that stuff, as per usual, disruns.com slash 1168. So Pete, um, last time I asked this question, I kind of figured I knew what the answer was. I kind of figured I know what it's going to be again, but it's always the, the introductory question, always the way we get things started. Sometimes things do change over the course of a couple of years. So who knows? Maybe it's changed. Maybe it's still the same. Uh, maybe the reasoning has changed. I don't know. We're just going to ask it, even though we asked it once already, uh, and see where it takes us. And that's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? You know, it's got to, it's still got to be the 26.2 miles, you know, uh, it's still, um, the full marathon, I, uh, since 21, uh, you know, I, I've done New York city again this past year. Um, and then the year before in, uh, 2022, uh, well in 21, I, I was prepping for Chicago and then, uh, yeah, 2022 last year, um, was New York city. So that was my second time doing it. And from the, from our first conversation, I remembered, you know, about mile eight or nine in Brooklyn, I did a couple shots of uh, oysters. <laughs> yep, you brought uh, that I, story up before, and I still can't stomach it, the idea of taking oysters in the marathon. <laughs> but anyway. I, I, didn't, I didn't, I couldn't find them this time. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it was, but it was still fun. It's still New York City. Mm. You know, it's still one of the major, uh, races, but the New York city just comes out. It's, yeah. it's just something different in a vibe. You know, we talked about last time, you know, running uh, 26.2 in the, uh, smaller, more community, local type races. And, you know, those are good where you can kind of turn off your brain and focus on the environment around you, which is real familiar uh, I plan to do that at Route 66 Marathon, and I'll get into that here in a little while. But I also enjoy the crowds. Mm. You know, New York City has my heart in uh, many different ways, and um, uh, it was it was just great to be a part of that history. You know, when you're part of Chicago or Marine Corps Marathon or uh, New York City or a lot of these other races. Um, you know, Route 66, you're, you're, you're running, but you're also a part of their history because mm-hmm. you cross the finish line, you get an official time, you get the medal, so on and so on. Uh, so it's really cool to think about that. Um, and then, you know, I, I joke around with my other buddies, you know, I'm still a pretty novice runner, novice type of runner. And, uh, you know, when I, whenever I think about it during marathon, I'll, I'll say I'm giving you updates from the party corral, <laughs> um, you know, cause we're, we're having fun, you know, we're, we're, out, we're just excited to be out there <laughs> kind of thing. Um, because, uh, you know, bef- before 2017, I was not fully ingrained in the run life. I was, uh, fully in the sport of lacrosse. Right. Uh, for over 20 some odd years now as a player club team an official so I was getting screamed at you know constantly (laughs) verbal abuse and then uh you know uh here lately I've been serving as a coach and working with some really awesome guys here in the Tulsa area and uh 
in, in but I still maintain that relationship with both sports mm-hmm. of lacrosse and running, although the roles have changed to where, you know, I'm working through aches and pains of being a runner and not the bruises and constant exhaustion from being a lacrosse player. Um, yeah, a little, little different demand between, and I think we talked about this a little bit before too, of, of, yeah, like there's, there's some, some aches and pains that go along with running 26.2 miles, but it's not the, the lacrosse ball whizzing through the air and smacking the air, getting ripped by the stick or body checked and things like that. So it's, it's a different, different, uh, level of, of ache and pain, I would imagine. Uh, you know, I, I can live without the body checks. Right. Um, I can <laughs> Although live in some without of those the big breath. crowded races. Maybe there's a little bit of, of subtle body checking going on at sometimes at the, the crowded points. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, people touching elbows, mm-hmm. people kind of really close in front of you. Uh, you know, it's it, it comes with the territory, right. you know, you, you kick each other's feet, you know, whatever the case is. It's it's still um it's still fun to be a part of. Yeah. And, well, uh, and in those cases, and especially in the party corral, it's all accidental and all, all, you know, n- nothing intentional, no, nothing, nobody trying to, to, uh, separate you from getting to where you want to be. It's just, it's just the nature of the beast. Exactly. You know, uh, I, I think w- what I enjoy about the party corral is that, you know, it's a community on its own. We all know we're there just to enjoy the process you know that's that's our day of celebration um you know so we're gonna have fun we're gonna we're gonna take all the pictures we're gonna if somebody's aching has aches and pains we're gonna share salt stick or a honey stinger or martin gel with each other and support and stuff like that and it's not to say the the earlier corrals won't do that um uh it's just kind of kind of universal camaraderie, and then me being a being a newer runner compared to a lot of folks who've you know ran ran track in mm-hmm. high school or cross country and stuff like that. I'm still getting the science down, right. um, and I, I know that says that seems kind of funny because six years later, you know, you would think that you you would know the science by now but there's there's always something to learn whether it's about yourself your own running form or you know how your body changes like my body has changed a lot since uh our last conversation um and uh it's 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 something that it's an ongoing process so constant evaluation constant feedback and things like that you know you you really have to be on top of your game yeah it's it absolutely do and and to me sometimes it's the frustrating part but sometimes it's also the the fun part because i i'm a puzzle guy and i like to try to figure things out and and um you know like you talk about trying to figure out the science of yourself and running and how to get the most out of yourself and improve and and the, what can be the frustrating part, and it sounds like maybe you've experienced this a little bit as well, is that it's a constantly moving target because as, you know, I mean, the simple fact is, or the, the most basic uh, truth of that is that we're all, you know, older today than we were yesterday and, and good Lord willing, we'll be older tomorrow than, than we are today. And so you start to compound those days over the course of three years, five years, 10 years, whatever. And like, you know, the person just, you know, I mean, you could, you could even go to the, the cellular level. The person you are today is completely different than the person you were 10 years ago because all the cells have replaced themselves and, and that whole process. But just obviously the physiology, how your body works at 30 is different than how it worked at 20. And it's different than how you worked at or how you now you're working at 40 and 50. And, and as we just as we keep getting older, um, but also as your fitness changes and all of a sudden like, oh, doing doing X, Y, Z was was too much and now it's like oh xyz is like easy peasy but then that that begs the question of like well what else can i do or or maybe it doesn't but for some of us it certainly does so it's it's just a constantly moving target of you you think you've got it figured out and then it's whack-a-mole and here up oh, no, something pops up over here and now you go to address that and then that changes the focus and you know rinse and repeat so i guess all that to say pete uh you're never going to figure out the science because it's always it's always changing is <laughs> how that that fortunately or unfortunately works itself out uh, you know, 100%. You know, when when I first started, my my trainings would help me lose weight, would help me get in form and things like that. 
the problem is I still ate like a trash panda. <laughs> you know, I I did not take care of that cell myself like that. Um, when when I would start off each marathon cycle before COVID, you know, it's kind of like I was starting ground zero all over again. And, you know, a couple or last year, I noticed that my body had changed so much and I had gained weight and that the training I was doing was not hitting. Like there are certain points within the training where I know that I'm, the, the weight will just slide off. You know, we're putting in miles and and things like that. And then runners, you know, we're at some point we're in a constant calorie deficit. So sometimes, you know, you're just expecting the weight to fall off. Right. Um, yeah, that didn't happen last year. Um, I, I, I was really, you know, wondering why I ran Oklahoma, Oklahoma city half Memorial half, which is in the early part of the year, which I've never done a, a spring race like that. But last year I really wanted to change up the, what I was doing and consistently run, not and have a plan and have somebody I have I, I was accountable to. So I hired a run coach at the time, <clears throat> and she had created a plan for me. Still, though, I was going through my motions and and it, my body was not hitting like it was supposed to. And then I ran Oklahoma City half. Memorial half and it was almost survival mode the entire 13.1 miles, you know, and <clears throat> Excuse me And so we shifted into New York City training And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I'm I'm building up my base again you know, I'm working on consistency and things like that my my diet was kind of up and down and then about the end of july last year i was like something's not right mm. you know my 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 weight had not shifted much and i'm like something's going on here so i i, I went and got a physical by the way guys do not be so prideful that you do not go see the doctor mm. go see the doctor get a yearly annual checkup and that's what I urge um, whether, you know, my folks didn't have to be runners, just stay on top of your health mm -hmm. like that. Um, so I, I went and got my annual checkup <clears throat> and I get a call the next morning. Your A1C is terrible. Mm -hmm. It's pre-diabetic levels. Um, so the doctor had called me in, uh, like a day later, he said, all right, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. And we're going to get aggressive with it. You need to be conscious of, uh, your, your food selection, stay on top of your training. And, um, you know, he's, he was telling me all these things and he's like, Unfortunately, what ties into this is, you know, genetics. You know, I, I am Native American from my mom and dad's side, and both have experienced um, diabetes in their family and high blood pressure and things like that, right? So <clears throat> as we, uh, as we're, I was hoping that something like marathon running and marathon training would steer that steer me away from that and that I could fight that off and keep it off. Well, you know, thinking back to all those years where I just, I was kind of up and down with diets, not consistent, things like that. Uh, even my buddies were like, you run all the time. How did you get diabetes? It's like, cause I ate like trash. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> soon as, soon as I got, my by diagnosis and my um and my directives from my doctor i immediately went to aldi's i started buying borderline keto stuff mm. <laughs> you know all the clean meats uh the low carb stuff and you know things like that you know trying to trying to get your body corrected and right and avoid 
heavy sugars and stuff like that. Well, as we as August came into play, you know, I started going on to my trainings and I was feeling fine. And then um, we would get to long run weekends. You know, mine is on Sunday. I know a lot of people run run on Saturdays. Mine is Sunday morning. And I noticed that, man, I would I would be right in the middle. I'd be like on a 10, 12 mile run, long run, right? I'd get to mile, mile eight and just like hit a brick wall. And I was like, man, why, why am I feeling so terrible? And then I finally met with my diabetes educator. And she's like, yeah, you're an endurance runner. You need some sugars and carbs. Don't ever go do that again. <laughs> and I started laughing. Was like, she's like, no, I'm serious. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I kind of had to go back to the basics of how to eat mm-hmm. properly, fuel properly, take in carbs properly, the right kinds of sugars and when to take those. Mm-hmm. And so... <clears throat> You know, we we were just talking about the science of our own bodies. You know, me having type two diabetes now. You know, I was I'm, I'm working to avoid sugars, but when I'm running twenty six point two miles, I gotta have sugars. Right. I gotta have carbs, right? right. Yeah, that's the fuel that we need. And so, <clears throat> uh, it took a lot of experimenting. And then I figured out, hey, I'm just going to carry a big bag of uh, dried cranberries and eat handfuls mm-hmm. uh, once every 30 minutes or once, you know, every 5K or something. Um, and that was a trial and error. I had one of those Libre sensors on my the back of my arm, mm-hmm. and it was showing me when I was crashing you know, my my blood sugar would be consistent, and then all of a sudden I hit a wall. That's right. that wall. And then she's like, yeah, start. My educator was like, yeah, start eating earlier and a little bit more often. Um, so when I do long runs now, I have to be conscious because during the week, you know, we're we're really trying to avoid the heavy breads, the heavy carbs, the heavy sugars, starches, and all that, right? <clears throat> but um, we need those <laughs> right. uh, during the run. And so that's where I was like, okay, got to figure this out. And, um, you know, New York City was a little bit of a struggle bus on top of, you know, figuring it, the science of my body. You know, race day at New York City, it was incredibly humid. Mm-hmm. It was 74 degrees at start time. And people are like, you run in Oklahoma, this should be normal to you. And I'm like, well, I, I left Oklahoma so I could run in cooler <laughs> weather. Right. weather. That, was, that was part of the calculus. Right. It's like, you know, I I come up here to run in 50 degree weather, not, not back home. <laughs> right. So... Um, you know, I enjoyed, um, I, I thoroughly enjoy New York city all over again. You know, Brooklyn is, is always fun. Staten Island, all the five boroughs, you know, running through the Bronx, uh, still hits the soul. Cause, uh, you know, they have some run crews there that really pick you up mm-hmm. and, and they celebrate with you. And then, um, <clears throat> Uh, I was I was also proud of New York City, and I and I see a lot more races do these type of things, but they have a heavy inclusion of um, uh, Native people, Indigenous people, and and tribal nations. So as a part of their opening ceremonies, they had the local tribal nations as a part of their ceremonies. And one of my close buddies, she was she was an MC and got to uh, got to do some announcements and did a blog for New York Roadrunners. And she also got to uh, do a couple hosts on their live channel on um, 
their live social media channel, Instagram handle. So it was great to see see the inclusion of, uh, you know, tribal nations in that. And, and you're starting to see that. One of the things that I'm, I'm proud of that I see at Route 66 here in Tulsa is that they do that pretty frequent. And, and they make it a, a staple, too. And um proud to say this this came out the end of last week, so it's still pretty brand new, but I was selected as an ambassador for Route 66 Marathon. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, pretty excited. You know, I get to represent my hometown, and, um, and uh, you know, I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah, have have you you've run Route 66 before, haven't you? I feel like I've heard that somewhere along the line. Yeah, I've run ran both the half and full marathons. Um, if anyone's planning to run Tulsa, just be prepared for hills, <laughs> <laughs> just hills galore. And um, but the scenery is nice. I, I ran the half last year. And they changed up the course, but my run coach at the time did not let me run the full. She's like, you're crazy. Don't be stupid. <laughs> New York City was like three weeks before. Your body is not, not going to hit. And if anything, just go out there and run for fun. Mm-hmm. Do the half. So, yeah, I, I ran for fun. I had fun. Um but like all of us runners or just athletes in general, we get that competitive streak right. in our system. And I'm like, man, I really want to go for the full. Can I just take this detour? <laughs> right. And then I was like, nah, I better keep going or I won't hear the end of it. And then, um, you know, I, I just kept it at the half. Yeah, there's something about that that competitiveness, especially for, for I feel like this is the case in, in for folks that, that – have a a history of of other athletics and i mean maybe even if you if your you know history includes track and cross country and things like that where you are running more competitively in, in high school and maybe college as well but uh lord knows for me and, and i think we talked about this before i didn't play lacrosse but i played ice hockey growing up and uh, uh you know it's just like like i can go into a race being like yeah you know i'm just going to kind of cruise and have a good time and um i might start out that way but you know, I get I get a few miles in, and if if the body is feeling good, it's it's pretty easy to switch from. Well, it might not be a PR day because I you know I kept it pretty pretty casual for the first three or four or five miles. But you know, maybe I could I could you know whatever whatever the distance is or whatever the race is, but like maybe I could I could do X Y Z over the last ten miles or the last fifteen miles or whatever. Um, and it goes it goes from pretty pretty casual to maybe not all out race, but definitely not easy the rest of the way on, on race day, way more than it does, you know, just random, random Saturday or Sunday or Tuesday or whatever. Yeah. No problem <clears> keeping it easy, but man, on, on race day, it's just uh, almost to the point where I, I kind of just don't even lie to myself anymore. Like if I'm going to run a race, like I might not race it, race it to like PR, but like, it's probably not going to be easy either. <laughs> oh, exactly. Or what's those hilarious run memes that say, you know, it shows one person getting really fired up and and, and they're going to beat this one person. And then the other picture, the, the other person doesn't know that they're racing. <laughs> right, right. You know, <laughs> the other person doesn't know they're in competition with this yeah. guy. Yeah, we're so, racing. You yeah. might not know it, but we are racing and, and I am going to beat you for sure. It, right. Whether it's in a race or, or if you're on a treadmill next to me, I'm going to bump that speed up just a little bit. Yeah. You know, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> or, or wasn't it isn't, isn't it uh, i feel like maybe it was will smith in an interview somewhere was like yeah if i get on the treadmill next to you at the gym like i'm not getting off until you get off like there's just like, uh. like it's just something <laughs> something about that competitiveness or that that ego where it's just like you don't know you don't realize we're racing and i don't know how long you're going but i am not stopping before you stop and like that's just that's just the way it's going to be oh uh, exactly i i i really you know i really not try to be like that and for the <laughs> most part i'm not but there's some times where it will kick in and <laughs> yep. Yep. unintentionally, but you know, it's, it, it's, to me, it's just all about fun. I mean, obviously you're not racing anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, who's, who's that one runner on Instagram, Carlos. And he always, he does, he's like, 
he has some pictures like the uh, the sign guy that says some of the most obvious and funny stuff. Right. And his, one of his pictures says, slow down, you're not going to win this marathon. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But I might beat myself, which is what which is what I'm really all about, Pete. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. PR is definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, if, if you're if you're up for it, Pete, uh, do you mind if we kind of go back to talk some about some of the the changes in in fueling and diet as as a result of the. Um, you know, kind of figuring out pre-diabetic diabetes, things like that, because, and I guess, I guess I kind of had this thought when, when you first brought it up and, and I don't know if, if, if it's something you've thought of probably, uh, maybe potentially at least, I don't know. I'm not going to say probably, maybe you have. Um, but, but I, it's something that I feel like maybe some of the thought was, and, and, and again, maybe you kind of mentioned this when you talked about it already, but like, you know, you're a runner, we're runners. We, we run all the time. We're working out, we're moving like, like, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to deal with something like, you know, pre-diabetic symptoms and having to, to really worry about calories and carbs and things like that. Yet, yet I also feel, and I don't have any like hard data to prove this, but I feel like you're probably not the only person. Like there's probably been a few folks out there, maybe more than a few that are kind of going, well, how the, how the hell did I wind up, you know, pre-diabetic or with diabetes when, when I'm running all the time and like, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, carbs and gels and fuels and things like that, but I'm running all the time. How does this happen? So all that to say, I'm thinking that maybe part of this conversation can be helpful some folks for some folks that are maybe in a, a similar situation in terms of, you know, trying to figure out, and it sounds like the pendulum swung real far one way and then kind of maybe has settled somewhere in the middle in terms of like, you need some carbs and you need some, maybe some simple carbs while you're doing some running to kind of keep fueling you and keep you going that way. Um, but kind of figuring out that right balance of, of foods to, to fuel your body, to keep you going, to keep you healthy, but also with this, with this, you know, curveball of, of, the high A1C and, and where that, that potentially leads trying to balance that all out. So I don't know what the, what the exact question is, but can we dig into a little bit of kind of, you know, how, how the change in diet has impacted the running. Um, and, and again, with the, with the thought that maybe there's some other folks that are in a similar situation, this might help them as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think mine really, really started when I think about it, you know, we were going through COVID, heavy COVID restrictions. You know, we couldn't be in, um, we couldn't be in, in social situations, you know, places were closed off, you know, things like that, masks everywhere. And so even, you know, our gyms were closed, um, we didn't know the exact science of how COVID was transmissible. So a lot of us runners would wear neck gaiters or even masks if we came into contact with other people while on the trail or mm-hmm. on the pavement. Right. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah, there was a lot of uncertainty, but what, what a lot of us did was learn how to cook at home <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, it was it was the comfort foods because we didn't know how long this was going to last. We didn't know what was going on. You know, it, it was going to be a lot of questionable things going on. And, and we didn't know a lot of science at the time. So <clears throat> I say all that just to bring it back into foods. I, I you know, I, I, I did learn how to cook a lot of the comfort foods and stuff like that. My kids were happy. Um, (laughs) uh, And I was for a little bit. And then the problem was, is that I did not, um, I did not go back to what, where I needed to be as far as like diet and consistency before. Now I say all that also to say, you know, there's gotta be some reasonable breaks and stuff like that within your diet. I love pizza. I love burgers. I love a lot of those things. Um, but I have to be real selective on when I do that and when I need to shift my focus back on steamed veggies, Mm -hmm. you know, learning how to cook with uh, chicken um, learning how to use my air fryer right. instead of using uh, olive oil is good for the most part, right. you know, but a lot of people like to throw the butter or, or something like that in the pan. And, and, you know, we start inching towards right. comfort food. <laughs> um, 
And I think my diet really caught up with me, you know, eating like that. My body was like, you're, you're not, you're not doing things correctly for, for your, for me, my body to, Mm -hmm. to react a certain way, to, to process, to do a lot of these things that would have happened before last year. And So I had to be very, very um, on top of my game. And then getting, for me, it was a scary diagnosis to the point where, okay, we're doing this without question. I bought a ton of organic, low-fat red meat, ground bison, (laughs) ground turkey, you know, all all the good, healthier, clean meats, I guess, Mm. chicken, da-da-da-da, fish. Um. So it was it was a shift in lifestyle. I really had to go back to to what I did in when I first started when I was much better about my intake. And um was it a struggle? Heck yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it it, it took a while. People say give it about 2 to 3 weeks and it'll become habit. Well, Habits can piss you off too. <laughs> That's just the real of it. And uh, and so, <clears throat> you know, my my advice to folks is, you know, it's it's it is education. It is uh, about eating better, but it's also learning how to cook so those things don't mm, taste terrible. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, when we have spaghetti and meatballs, you know, or spaghetti and meat sauce, for instance, after, before, after my long run, <clears throat> I'll say, you know, we get the regular pastas cause I eat carbs, right? Mm-hmm. So we get the regular pastas in, in the sauce, but instead of ground beef, we might use the ground bison or the ground turkey right. as the protein. Um, so there's a lot of substitutes in even what we say are our comfort foods that we can make a lot of substitutions and it would drastically change the, that particular meal to help us out. Um, yeah. And, and then from like the, the running perspective in terms of, you know, like you talked about a little bit earlier, you get to eight miles and like, God, I feel like I've, I've, you know. I'm hitting the wall at mile eight. And, you know, when you're training for a marathon, if you feel like you're hitting the mile, uh, hitting the wall at mile eight, that's, that's not an ideal place to be. Cause uh, you, you know, checks, checks his math, you know, you still have 18 miles to go on race day and, and that's a long way to go after you. It's bad enough. You hit the mile or hit the wall at mile 20. Um, and you still have 10 right. K to go, let alone you hit the, hit the wall, you know, again, at, at eight or six or 10 or whatever, like, like that's, that's just rough. So, so how have you kind of, and, and again, understanding that it's, 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 it's the, you know, kind of a moving target of, of figuring out what works for you. And it, it, it changes probably all, all the time, or at least changes more often than you might like it to be. But how have you, you kind of threaded the needle in terms of whether it's, it's during a run or immediately before, immediately after to make sure that you're getting enough of what your body needs to fuel you, but not so much that it's causing, you know, potential health ramifications. It's spiking the insulin, things like that. Like, 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 you know, I, other than, you know, kind of the typical quote unquote standard running of like, yeah, you know, take a gel here and take some Gatorade there and things like that. And maybe that is what you're doing. I don't know. But like, like what have you found mm-hmm. has worked for you from a fueling perspective during a run that maybe has changed in part of or because of or, or with the, the uh, situation that you're in with the diabetes? So <clears throat> uh, part of it, the intake has been really focused on on sugars, you know. Uh, I'll have, I'll, I'll put a bag together of dried cranberries. That's what I did in New York city. Mm-hmm. I, you know, every mile I was taking a little bit out and eating it. The, the thing about balancing your sugar is keep working to keep it consistent. Mm-hmm. You don't wait until it crashes to finally eat right. kind of thing. Right. Cause if you do that, you're going to hit so many walls. <laughs> you're really going <laughs> right. to hurt yourself. So, so, you know, when I was working with my educator, she was like, yeah, take a little bit here, you know, once every 30 minutes or if you build up to it once every 5K kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
and she she's like, you know, we don't want that sugar to drop because once it drops and you start overeating, you start over intaking a lot. That's one of the things because you're just when your sugar crashes, you get incredibly thirsty, you get incredibly hungry. So you just intake any, anything and everything. And then all of a sudden your entire system doesn't shut down, but it focuses on digestion and trying to get those nutrients to your system. Right. So you can't focus on running. You got to resort to walking and da 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 da. So just like consistency with your diet during the week, it's got to be when you run too. So I know that within the first 30, 40 minutes, I, I need to eat a little something or, you know, whatever that case is, or have a gel. I'm a big fan of Martin gels because they, they do have 100 calories um, and sugars, uh, which really help, mm. you know. Um, <clears throat> And then uh, other times during the during the course, I'll take a salt stick mm. um, to keep those electrolytes in my system and help me retain water. Because uh, hydration is a very important part of when you have that condition like diabetes. You know, it's it's really important to stay hydrated too. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, and I was gonna say. You're running 26 miles. It's okay to have a bag of M&Ms. Right. <laughs> right. I love peanut M&Ms or I love applesauce. Um, so I, I, I try to have something like that at least once a quarter, mm. if that makes sense. Um, and and it, it's, it's really helped me out. Now, now my battle and my A1C is is awesome right now. Good. Awesome. The problem is that I can't keep sugar in my system because now I've figured out the science and now <laughs> whatever is going in is immediately burned up 30 minutes later. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's, it's still a learning process at this point. Yeah. Well, and, and, and again, I may, and maybe that's, you know, a, a common theme I think of, of today's episode is that it's, it's always a, a learning process. And, and just when you think you've got one thing figured out, you know, something else pops up and, and, um, you know, is, but, but, you know, maybe the, 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 the positive way to spin it is that, you know, when you're aware that of, of, of one thing, you know, then, then, not that it solves itself, but you're aware and that's, and that's, and that's huge. Cause then you can manage or, or you can adjust, you can do what you need to do. Um, and hopefully that makes taking care of the next thing and the next thing and the next thing, um, a little bit, not never easy, but maybe easier. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but, but being yeah. aware <laughs> is, is half the battle for sure. It really is. And it's being consistent. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you don't, you don't want your body and yourself and your mentality to go to extremes. Yeah. Um, so during the course of the of the marathon, um, intake is is just as important as as trucking. You know, my mantra is one step, one breath, one mile at a time. Mm. Um, if if you're familiar with the Creed movies or even the Rocky movies, I love them. Both franchises are my favorite. <laughs> um, <clears throat> that's where I where I got it from. Mm. Because, uh, you know, you, it's really, it's not just we're running out there. It's a lot of intake. It's a lot of breathing. It's a lot of focus, a lot of mental strength, um, which is another part of what I like to talk about with runners and people who are interested in running is the mental health part and, and building that muscle too. Yeah. Well, let's, let's dig into that in the last, you know, I don't know, however many handful of minutes, 10 minutes, something like that, that we've got left today. Um, how, how has, and, and I feel like we touched on this a little bit last time, although I don't think we, we dug in. I think we kind of got to it towards the, the tail end then too. So maybe, maybe for round three, Pete, put a pin in this. Round three, <laughs> uh, let's, let's lead with some of the mental health and, and the mental health benefits that you've noticed of running. But um, you know, how, how have, how have you noticed, or, or I don't know, where, where do you want to go with talking about the, the way that, and I think it's something that a lot of us can, can relate to, um, but, but the role that, that running and being active plays in, in maintaining and, and supporting good mental health for you as well. So 
like a lot of runners out there, um, we when we get on hit the pavement, we're looking we're looking at re- running as a place of peace. Mm-hmm. You know, we look at running as a place where we can unplug our brains for a little bit and listen to our music or listen to nature as we as we run three, four, five miles right during the week um, during a workout. Uh, that's what started with me. You know, 2017 was a very transformative year for me, and it forced me into a single parent role. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, very painful situation at that point. Uh, so, you know, running for me at the end it still provides us is a way to unplug my brain. It's kind of like when you're in elementary school. Your gym teacher puts on your favorite music and you just run around the gym or you do all the exercises that, you know, he or she uh, has scheduled for you. You know, you're just you're not even thinking you're you're thinking I'm moving to my favorite song. I'm going to run as fast as I can or I want to jog or skip or whatever, you know. And I take that approach and and. And I really try to enjoy, you know, whether it's running in really high humidity and high heat like we faced here in Oklahoma <laughs> here recently. Uh, you know, the, the heat index is in the 90s at 8 o'clock at night kind of thing. Right. And uh, <clears throat> and so that's what it provides me. Uh, what I what I often tell other runners or or people who are thinking about getting, you know, kind of having those struggles is that running does provide me a time to unplug my brain, but also as a part of your mental health, or I like to say mental wealth, mm. should also be going to see a therapist, a counselor, as a part of why do I think have these processes? Why do I think this way? Why, you know, understanding yourself. And I've used this term in my Instagram a lot. And when I used to keep up with my blog, <laughs> but I talked about um, self mastery. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, there's a psychologist named Carl Rogers who would often talk about self reflection as a way to develop and I think that's one of the things we can we can do as we're evolving as a runner, collecting these miles, you know, new communities, new medals, new shoes, the whole bit. We also have to work on our sense of self. And that part is important because then when you can understand your your mental wealth, in addition to, oh, Every 30, 45 minutes, I need to take a handful of dried cranberries or M&Ms into my system. Mm -hmm. That is what makes, in my opinion, helps make you a much healthier person, both uh, inside and out. And so I really urge folks to, to practice, but also take time for self-reflection and, and if they if they want to choose that step therapy is also a great way to understand that um so th- that's what i'm talking about in terms of mental wealth mm. you know self-mastery understanding yourself and your thought processes um and, and you know at least for myself i've been able to evolve and and uh, become a better better father. Even though my kids remind me that I act like the father off of the the show Blackish, because uh, if you remember, on at a certain point on on that show, the dad had uh, eventually di- was diagnosed with type two diabetes, and then you know <laughs> he would be uh, flying off the handle and and going on a rant. His dad rant. And his kids would ask him, Dad, did you eat yet? <laughs> and, you know, he would leisurely make his way to the kitchen. He said, I'm not ranting because I'm 
angry or I'm not ranting because I'm hungry. I'm just hungry to be hungry. And so, <laughs> you know, it, that's, that's the kind of thing right there. And, um, because, you know, early with those struggles, yeah. You know, what, what could hit self-sabotage, anxiety, things like that. Those things are real and they can really hurt you if you, if you, um, if, uh, if you're not taking an active approach with him. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I love the idea of mental wealth. Um, and, and, you know, maybe this isn't the time to go way too far down this rabbit hole, but like, you know, you don't, you don't build financial wealth accidentally for the most part. Uh, you know, it takes, it takes some planning. It takes some work. It takes kind of checking in with, with, you know, accounts and statements and, and yada, yada, yada. Um, and you know, same same way to take care. I mean, quite frankly, same way to take care of, to build anything, whether it's it's physical health, mental health, physical wealth, mental wealth. Um, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily happen accidentally. So, uh, you know, we're out, we're out running. We've got we've got some time to do some of that that internal work or that internal processing, reflecting. Um, you know, maybe hitting pause on the podcast or the music once in a while and, and taking a mile every week or shoot maybe a mile every run to just kind of do some of that that mental work that builds mental wealth. Um, I like, I like that idea a lot, Pete. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's taken me a long time to get to that. Um, other folks, it might, it might come to them sooner, but I'm a firm believer, you know, this is, this goes back to where I come from as a Muskogee Creek slash Choctaw, you know, native person here in Oklahoma is that, you know, when it comes to things like this, the creator, the universe shows you the way. And, um, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a part of your story and it's going to be an important chapter because, you know, whether it's another runner, your own kids, uh, a coworker, whomever, you know, they're, they're going to ask for that help yeah. and, and you can provide a, a, an effective, um, perspective now also what needs to be said is that the work is ongoing mm -hmm. it doesn't stop once you start feeling good right. you know, it's, it's just life i mean unfortunately you know my family we lost our mom she passed away in december and uh and so that's that's been a struggle you know being in this world without your matriarch your protector mm -hmm. my mom uh, you know, didn't know a stranger, but if somebody came at us kids, she was bulldog status right off the back, you know? Uh, so she was our protector. And, uh, and so trying to maneuver in this world without her, uh, physically, because again, where we come from, you know, she's in the stars with the ancestors, um, is is uh, presents a whole new challenge. Right. So uh, I've gained a, another tagline because I, I say, you know, I stay running because mom said so. Uh, yeah, it, you know, uh, but that was my mom because she she saw the impact of running and the positive impact and what it did for me as a person and as her son. Mm -hmm. And as a father, right. so she she kept telling me she would buy me stuff, random stuff to help me keep running, mm -hmm. and and um, you know I'm I'm an adult, but she would send me to these races with money, like mm -hmm. I was, you know, fifteen, sixteen years old. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing from her and and my dad's love is like. It doesn't matter how old your kids are. They're going to be kids. They're going to be your babies. So, you know, I'll probably be uh, spoiling my kids <laughs> well into their adulthood myself just because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an expression of our love. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, you never get too old to where you don't need to do what your parents, you know, ask you. Mom says to keep running. By God, you know, keep running. Like there's no there's no no doubt about that. It is, it's an act of love. And I think that's what, uh, us runners, we don't, we don't say it enough, you know, running, whether it's for charity, for ourselves, 
or, or, you know, whatever the case is, it's an act of love. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, that, that should be a great place to end it, but I have, I have one final philosophical question to wrap up with today, Pete. And, and, um, kind of going back to what you talked about, and it's, it's a complete change from where we were, which maybe this is the, the clunkiest transition to the ending as, as I've ever done. I don't know. I mean, who knows? I've, I've probably done some clunky transitions to the end. Let's not kid ourselves. But anyway, um, earlier in the conversation, we were talking about, you know, kind of that, that party, the party pack and uh, the party corral um, and, and really just running races for fun. And, um, you know, kind of let it slip in there that I, I struggle to run a race for fun. And I feel like I'm not the only person as much as I might try to get out there and just cruise. No, no factor. Like I said earlier, like, you know, I, if, if I'm feeling good, I get to that point where it's like, all right, let's rock and roll. Let's, 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 let's see what we can do. Um, so I guess my, my final philosophical question for you today, Pete, is to, to ask for those of us that are maybe a little bit more like me that, that might have the best intentions to run some, some, some fun races, uh, some, some party corral type of races, uh, but just can't get ourselves to do it. What are we missing out on? What, 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 uh, what is the, what is the best parts part or parts from your, your, uh, perspective of the party corral and just running, running a race and just chilling and having a good old time. Um, and not really worrying as much maybe about the pace all the time. You know, uh, questions like that, I, I, I usually think of uh, the movie Creed. Um, and, and again, that's a competitive nature in me because, you know, I played lacrosse, I played football, you know, you're going to, you're going against somebody and things like that, right? So there's two things that I go back to. One is, uh, as Rocky was training Creed in the first movie, he said, the man in the mirror is going to be your toughest opponent, not the other person across the ring. Right. And, you know, the toughest opponent is yourself. And he he said he believed that in boxing and then he believed that in life. And so, <clears throat> you know, all these things talking about physical and diet, health and mental wealth and all of that. That is a battle that you take uh, to improve yourself. And the battle you take it against are the negative thoughts, the external issues, the uh, choices that you have to make, things like that. You know, that's so that's a part of it. You know, having fun at a race, uh, I forget the name of that runner she has a pretty hilarious instagram she she actually had a instagram reel about this very topic Mm. like like last week or something Uh, i watched it was pretty hilarious and so that's that's the first thing is like you know going through training we're putting all these miles workouts lifting cross training the whole bit in right uh so it's it's it might be kind of hard to kick that part but that goes into the second point is why are you running mm-hmm. you know as in the second creed movie um you know he almost gets annihilated by drago's son right and um you know rocky reinforces to him or asks him over and over and over why are you fighting and it's the same thing why are you running and for me, it's, again, for me, it's a chance to unplug my brain. It's a chance to prove to myself that I can get up and run at five in the morning, or I can run in the toughest of heat and humidity, or that I can run in the coldest of uh, weather, or whatever the case is. And that race day is my celebration. Mm. Um Race day is an opportunity for your friends and family and complete strangers to hold up craziest signs ever to your, your brain is unplugged for race day. And that is your celebration because you made it because this is, this is our title about, this is the main event this is where we take the battle and we win. We conquer 
26.2 miles, and we're going to collect this awesome metal. And uh, we prove to ourselves that that we still matter, mm. you know. And so that's that's what I ask runners and anyone who has a competitive streak. You know, sometimes we lose it. Right. We're human. We have experiences. We have traumas that happen. Um, why do you do certain things, you know? Uh, for me, I run for, for myself to make sure that I'm being a good person because I'm an athlete um, and because... Um, I am a uh, because I'm a father. Mm-hmm. I'm a role model to my kids. You know, there's a lot more to that. Right. So why do you run? And I think once you can understand that, that's your celebration moment. Mm. Then New York City Marine Corps Marathon, which I'm going to run this October. Um, that's your day of celebration. Uh, and so have fun, you know, one, one step, one breath, one mile at a time, stay running because mom said so running is an act of love, you know, all of that. Yes, sir. Um, just have fun. Yes, sir. I I love it. I love it. I'm sitting here with a big old smile on my face, just nodding along going, yes, preach, preach, Pete. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) But uh, thank you, thank you for sharing that, my friend. And y'all, if you want to follow along with with Pete's journey, I mean, we we didn't even get into talking about you know all the things he's got going on in terms of you know. But he mentioned there Marine Corps this fall. Obviously, also we touched just briefly on Route 66, where he's an ambassador for that race. Um, so big big fall races ahead, um, and and no doubt more more to come in the coming you know months and years beyond that. And and I don't know, Pete. We'll, we'll just go ahead and put a put a you know note in the calendar. Do this again in a couple of years, and we'll catch up at that point and kind of see how things are going. But y'all, if you want to follow along between now and then. Uh, at DJ Wicket on Instagram, running his ceremony on Facebook, and of course, disruns.com slash 1168. We'll have everything linked up from today's conversation, episode 962. If you want to go back back in time, back a couple of years to 2021, and hear us, hear us kind of catch up for the first time, and uh, kind of maybe piece, if, if there were some questions raised from conversations today, referenced back before, yeah, they'll be answered there, 962 for the first round. But uh, Pete, thanks for, for making the time today. Um, it was, it was definitely a pleasure catching up and, and, uh, maybe a little nudge for me to catch up with some other folks that I haven't talked to in a while, but uh, I appreciate your willingness to share. I uh, appreciate that you're continuing to kind of try to figure things out, even as, as life changes and situations change and the science kind of, you kind of learn something and then it changes. Um, but keep, keep doing the good work, my friend, keep taking care of yourself, building that, that mental wealth, keep running. Cause mom said so, cause that's important too, but, uh, all the best to you, my friend going forward and, and can't wait till we do this again at some point down the line. Sounds good, my buddy. I'll find you on the road soon. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed a little round two action between Pete and myself. And as per usual, just like just like in round one, just like in pretty much every episode around here, we'd love to know what stood out to you. What was your takeaway from today's episode? What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. For me, unsurprisingly, there were there were a few things that caught the caught the eye, or I guess in this case, caught the ear. Um, but the one that I'm going to go with is, is, you know, when Pete was talking about figuring out the science of running marathons and, and just, just the reminder that there's so many moving parts and there's so many things that we have to consider when it comes to training for a race and fueling and, um, just all, all of the things, all of the, all of the bits and bobs and pieces of the puzzle. And sometimes I think it's, it's easy to, to think of training for a race, training for a half or a full or a 5k or an ultra or whatever it is as something of an exact science. And if I can just get this and that and this and that, I'll be good. PR. And sometimes it works out like that, but sometimes sometimes it doesn't, quite frankly, because training for a race is science, yes, but it's also there's also a little bit of art involved. And I think that that, you know, my, my takeaway today is just just that reminder of of yes, we can always try to figure things out and if something worked before, there's there's definitely a decent likelihood it'll work again to at least to a certain extent. But sometimes we just have to realize that our bodies are, you know, we're human and there are also external factors involved. And so I guess, I guess the, the, the takeaway today for me is the reminder that yes, you know, 
you can get everything right and the race result doesn't go your way. But maybe maybe the, the optimistic take is that you cannot have to do everything perfect to have a really good race result because there's art involved and there's science. So keep trying to figure things out. Keep tinkering. Keep adjusting. But, you know, it's it's an inexact science sometimes. because And, and also, and I think we talked about this too, just when you think you've got it figured out, something else changes and you've got to adapt and adjust. So keep adapting. Keep adjusting. Keep trying to figure out the right the right formula for you. But don't think that you ever have it perfect because there's art involved as well. So anyway, that's it for me. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? What was your takeaway? Let me know at DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram, at DizRuns on Instagram threads because that's a thing now. Uh, you can also shoot me an email, DizRuns at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to head over to the show notes for today, DizRuns.com slash 1168, DizRuns.com slash 1168 photos links comment section down there at the bottom type away to your heart's content let me know what stood out to you from today's episode uh one last call for aminoco aminoco.com slash disruns is the link disruns at checkout save yourself 30 percent on your amino acid supplementation and don't be afraid to add that vanilla to your uh coffee post run not saying just saying thanks to aminoco for sponsoring today's episode one more time aminoco.com slash disruns And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Pete and I with you today. Hit that share button if you enjoyed today's episode. Until next time, be well. Take care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.